0: Welcome to episode 33 of The Process, Just Keep Running.
1: in my life i had to learn my lessons i had to keep that smile but deep inside i'm stressing trying to keep my spirits from that deep depression it's time to tighten up i put my pride down and pick that bible up welcome to episode 33 of the process podcast i am dorian bullock
0: and i am Monty martin today we have miss amber gray on the podcast welcome to the podcast amber thank you for
1: having
0: me so where are you from amber
1: I'm originally from Jackson, Mississippi. Um, I grew up in a household where my parents weren't married. So kind of feel like I'm by way of Chicago because I used to go back and forth so much, but born in Jackson, Mississippi.
0: What was it like growing up, you know, having a split household like that, traveling like Mississippi and Chicago?
1: Um, it was actually, in the moment, it wasn't as hard as it has been in my adulthood, because I realized that the going back and forth, the, my parents being completely opposite. And when I say opposite, just like their upbringing and their families. So going back and forth, growing up, I thought it was great because I was traveling, I was seeing new things. But then in that same token, it left some scar tissue because I was trying to be one way from my mom's side of the family, and then another way from my dad's side of the family. So, like I said, in the moment, it was great because I loved it. I loved getting away and leaving, but I didn't know that that traveling also was forming the scar tissue of just trying to please my family, which turned into trying to please my friends, and turned into trying to please other people, so it was a transition. Um, I'm grateful for it now, but um, it was definitely something that was very eye-opening as I grow older.
0: Well, yeah, that could be difficult, you know, trying to appease those two separate sides of your family, you know what I mean, and, and not really fully understanding. Cause sometimes in those situations, I can imagine that you don't fully understand what you like and what you want, but you kind of trying to appease those around you, you know what I mean, and putting them before you, before yourself. Um yeah, you speak a little bit more about that, you know, was that something you experienced all the way through high school or or was that just, you know, childhood upbringing kind of thing?
1: Um, It was actually a little bit of both actually. So I, when I wasn't getting it from my family, it caused me to seek it in other areas, whether it wasn't high school trying to fit in with this crowd or trying to fit in with that crowd. And then it turned into um, just my outside friendships or what I thought was friendships and just trying to people please and not really taking the time to get to know Amber and and what she wanted and what she liked and what truly made her happy. I got so used to just putting other people before me. Um, I'm a natural giver and I have a big heart, but sometimes that can be taken advantage of. So it caused me to put up some barriers and some walls that I didn't realize was forming at the time. Um, But it just really...
0: Like I said, it just left that scar tissue there to where I've had to deal with it in multiple ways in adulthood. Well, yeah, I can only imagine how how tough that is. I usually, on the podcast, I usually um, ask, what was a major struggle that you faced growing up? And that seems like, that can be a struggle. You know what I mean? That seems like Mm -hmm. that can run up into adulthood. Like, when did you have this epiphany um, that this was what you were going through? Or this is what, you know what I mean? Like, when, when you have that epiphany that to say, you know, it's time for me to to find Amber and what she likes.
1: Honestly, um, through my relationship with God, I was just wanting to know more about Him and then learning about Him. I had to learn about myself, so it caused me to have some breaking points to where and sometimes I was one foot in, one foot out, and then I had to realize you know, I'm not perfect, but I, I strive to be closer to Him. So, just in in my relationship growing with him it caused me to say I gotta
0: I gotta make some changes I gotta realize what's important And go after that awesome I feel like we're jumping right into it let's let's take it back a little bit um how how was uh you know school for you did you go to school in Mississippi or did you go to school in Chicago
1: I went to school in Mississippi um so all my school was there however whenever school was out i was still in school and i say i was still in school because um, my grandfather my grandmother and my father were all in the education system so i had a principal (laughs) a golf coach um, assistant principal english teacher all of that so even when school was out i was still there um so that's actually what formed my love for for children in the education system just because that was all I was around, that was all
0: I knew. I, I can recall, I think my first time meeting you was, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> and I think you were a freshman at FNU. And yep. I think I met you and your, you know, your friends during that time. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the transition like, you know, moving from Mississippi to the highest of Seven Hills?
1: Oh my goodness, that was so big, just because one, when I got that acceptance letter from FAMU, I was so happy. I still remember like streaming in the hallway. I was happy. I don't know if I was more happy about getting out of Mississippi and I say getting out in order to go back and help build it up. But I was also excited to be going like to Florida. You know, like I wasn't going you know, to a state that yeah. <laughs> wasn't a lot going on or a lot of people or anything like that, but it was a state that was still close to home, but still somewhere new. So I was really excited about a new beginning, and I, I absolutely loved everything about U. So to get the school that I had chosen um, was, it was just a phenomenal experience.
0: It's nothing like the Hill. It's nothing like the hills. Um Nothing at all. What was? <laughs> <laughs> <Boy, laughs> What um? Were there any obstacles you had to overcome in terms of in terms of that transition of family? Almost
1: oh, definitely. <laughs> I think my first one that everybody made blatantly clear that I had to change was my country accent, and I still get it every now and then. <laughs> but people was like, "Dang, girl, you country! Like, where you from?" <laughs> it was it was really bad when I first got to Florida in two thousand six. But um, that was one obstacle. Another one was again dealing with but not really dealing with because I didn't really want to choose to face it the people-pleasing aspect that came with me from Mississippi although that was something I wanted to leave behind I didn't realize in that time frame how attached to me it was because it had been on every day every year you know, ongoing life experience um, through my childhood upbringing. So it carried over into um, my matriculation through U. And so um, that would be number two. And then number three, I would honestly say just, um, just trying to get adjusted. Like, okay, what Florida city I'm gonna call out when they say shout your city because <laughs> definitely not shouting out Mississippi. And I know that sounds crazy, but you know, you wanna be in with the crowd again, trying to fit in and please people. Um, I can't just sit up there and wait. You know, they're not about to call out Jackson, Mississippi. So like my Ladown, Miami, you know, you
0: Pensacola.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But yeah, it, it was not really a big obstacle, but definitely something I had to like work on.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. What uh what degree program did you choose and why?
1: Um I'm glad you asked that question because I feel like a lot of people need to hear this, especially if you are on the brink of getting ready to go to college or just starting. Um, I chose my first major for my family because that's what they told me to be. It wasn't what do you like doing or um, what makes you happy or if you didn't get paid anymore, would you still do it? Um, And my first profession that I chose was pharmacist. Um, my dad really wanted to be a doctor. My grandfather, of course, wanted him to be a doctor, but that didn't pan out. And so that kind of got pushed over onto me being um, his only child. So I was like, okay, the pediatrician, pharmacy. And of course, You has the best pharmacy program. So that was, that's what it was. So I went into pharmacy. I hated chemistry. I hated biology. I hated, and it was just really, really hard to try to adjust to something that your heart wasn't in. So I later changed to um, secondary education. I used to love, although I was in school a lot, I would love being in the in the schools because I would see the interaction that my grandmother and my dad and my grandfather had with their students. And I wanted to form that same thing to make an impact on a life that wasn't my own. So um, I, I, my love was there for teaching.
0: So when you ended up, you know, switching majors from pharmacy to education, you know, did you get any blowback? Um, did you feel comfortable in, in that major or was it smooth sailing from there?
1: Um, I did get a little bit of blowback just because um, they really wanted me to do it because my dad didn't do it. But again, they weren't really concerned about what I wanted to do. So um, I think I got, I didn't get as much blowback as I could have just because I was trying to gracefully slide into education, and because they were all in education, it was kind of like, okay, you know, we can, we'll do this. But again, I'm still operating in that sense of, okay, are y'all happy? Is this what y'all want me to do? You know, kind of thing, and really not thinking about, thinking about myself a little bit, but not as much as I should have been. But was education something, like, was it a passion of your own, or? i wouldn't say education i would say kids Mm -hmm. so what inspired me through my family being in the education system was the relationship and the impact and the genuine concern that they shared with their students Mm -hmm. like they would come over for holidays or my dad just wasn't a golf coach or a baseball coach he was like a father figure to so many others the way they spoke of my granddad or my grandmother or my dad it wasn't it was more so like a mentorship than just being a teacher. Right. Um, their families accepted them, not just the students, and then the parents would want their, you know, brothers and sisters to also have them as their um, educators. So it was more so the bond and the impact and the inspire, excuse me, the inspiration that they left on um, the younger generation's life. That is really what I wanted. However, I was in for a rude awakening when I became a teacher. <laughs> Tell us about what made you consider it a rude awakening. What was so different from your expectations versus what you seen, what you saw in reality? So, what I saw in reality, I would have to say, and it could have just been a time lapse, because um, I feel like what I saw was surface level. I didn't see the professional development or the conference um, conference nights or the meetings or the grading of the papers or all the extra workload that comes with being a teacher and so everybody doesn't handle that the same and so there were times where I would just get overwhelmed and it made the profession itself not be as enjoyable as I thought it would be Mm -hmm. but my my motivation and the fire behind me was my kids. So I was that teacher that would stay after or go the extra mile or offer extra community service hours or take my students to church with me or, you know, like just different things for them to where I knew that I was doing what I saw and what really drove me to teaching. I just reciprocated that.
0: Like you spend so much time in college, you have your four years, or if, if you spend more time, you have more. But you know, you you spend a lot of time, and you know your organizations, you're doing your your homework, turning in your your homework. But once you graduate, it's like you step into the real world. Like how was that transition transition from you know a college student into an actual professional, if you will?
1: Okay, so going from that transition, it was. um I guess the best way to put it, it was very eye-opening. I came to Tampa two weeks before I was about to graduate looking for an apartment and I didn't have a teaching job. So you know when you get your degree after you walk across the stage you kind of expect or hope um, and pray that you have a job lined up and I still remember to this day something telling me to go to Tampa. I didn't know why I was going to Tampa but this is where I ended up. (laughs) And the school that um, I interviewed for, I interviewed maybe about two weeks after getting here. And so I went from school to school. No one hired me. And then a principal ended up calling me back. But I wasn't prepared for the hustle and bustle of being told no a lot. I was very involved um, on family's campus with Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated with uh, big brothers big sisters sisters incorporated sga multiple organizations throughout my time there, to where i was just used to getting it done and getting it done in a timely member- manner so family prepared me for being able to if one person tells you no to keep moving so it prepared me for a rejection it prepared me to keep trying it prepared me to to persevere and to not give up so I was prepared in some sense, and then in another sense, as far as, okay, I got to go here, I got to go there, I got to do this, I got to do that. I wasn't.
0: How long were you a teacher for?
1: I was a teacher for a total of six years. Um, I taught at a Title I um, school, which is a lower level school, um, and I was there for four years. Um, And during that time there, I actually was voted Teacher of the Year. And so um, I was NJHS supervisor. I was over those students and um, I was their their advisor and contact person. So um, we were able to bring up some new initiatives and fundraise and so on and so forth. So it was really good. I really taught for my students. Um, Everything else was just extra, but they were definitely the driving force behind everything that I did. That's wonderful. If you could describe um, your, the transition of your internal, you know, like when you knew that you were going to be more focused on interior design and just what that time was like. So it's funny you ask that question because it really takes me back to the beginning um, where during my childhood, I was talking about how I would go back and forth between both of my family is between my mom's side and my, my father's side from Mississippi to Chicago. And that is actually a part of what planted the seed. <clears throat> excuse me. Planted the seed of interior design. So when I was with my mom and my grandmother and my great grandmother a lot, they would always be in a store. Whether it was Dillard's or Marshall's or any kind of home store and um, they would always tell telling me about different home things like thread counts or fabrics or different types of glass or just different things. And although I hated it as a kid because I really wanted to be with my friends, I had no idea that it was planting the seeds that were necessary um, because it was really what I loved. Oh. I love, it, it grew those seeds of shopping and, and knowing different things about a home and how to make it nice and entertain and, not just filled with love, but filled with valuable things and things that have meaning. So
0: oh. um,
1: that time with my my mother and my grandmother and my great grandmother, it did what it needed to do to make me the woman I am today.
0: Okay. Funny uh, memory just popped up when uh, I first met you at fam. Uh-huh. I was telling Dorian, and I when I first met you, your room was decked out with the matching fish. <laughs> You know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so when yeah. I start seeing, you know, I I gotta get on the podcast now because when I start seeing, you know, your, your post about your transition from, you know, teaching something you like, you love, but to your purpose, you know what I'm saying, something that you right. felt like you would do for free, I was like, man, that's, that's that's nothing but God because I saw it before I even knew you.
1: Right, right, so, right. You know right. what I right.
0: mean. So for it to come full circle, I thought I was a blessing. What is it? What is it like to, you know? be walking in your what you feel as though is your purpose
1: it feels amazing i i can honestly say if they needed me to come to work tomorrow or the rest of next week and they told me that they couldn't pay me i would still go so just because um i truly love it i want to find a way to where i can combine it with my love for kids i think it's amazing how both sides of my family planted something different in me, and how I tried to pursue them both. But merging the two is what's really my purpose. I'm really grateful for that because it not only showed me how two parts can equal one, but if I put myself first, or by putting myself first, I'm able to not just please other people, but take care of what Amber needs.
0: I know it will. um... Just just knowing your story. Now it, it already inspires me to, you know, pursue what God has for me. Because if it's if it's for you, it's for you. You know what I mean? Right,
1: right. So I think a lot of people really sleep on the question of if I told you to go to work tomorrow and you could not get paid, what would you go do? Like you there's no way you can get paid for doing this, but it still has to bring you happiness it still has to inspire someone and it still has to let the world know when you were gone, that you were here. And if it meets all three of those and you can do it without getting paid, I feel like really that's how you tap into your purpose. Because it's in those times where I stopped looking for success and I started looking for happiness and I feel like you can't be successful until you're happy, that it really showed me what I needed to do, the steps I needed to take, and really realizing what truly made Amber just thrive. And with that, I can read about it, I can study it, I can do it all day, just because it's something I love. What does it feel like to be walking in your purpose? So now, it's really just liberating. It's it's very freeing. It's very, I'm doing what's best for myself. I'm doing what makes me happy. And I'm doing something that I'm a gift. I'm operating in my gift that I know God has given me because it doesn't feel like work, because I love it so much and because I can just do it so effortlessly. And that's still remaining humble, knowing that I still have so much to learn. But I feel like your purpose takes longer for you to realize. And it's so much easier for other people to see. Yeah. and People confirm it to me all the time. So, and I still feel like I, I'm just a baby. So yeah. I'm still trying to absorb. I'm still trying to run. I'm still trying to, you know, seek out mentors and, and consultants and other people that's been doing it longer that can pour into me. And it just doesn't feel exhausting. It doesn't feel tiring. Um, and it, it, it just doesn't feel draining. Like I felt like as a teacher, when my kids weren't around, I was drained because they were my wife. And i feel like when your why leaves in anything that if it's still not fulfilling then you have to reevaluate if that's truly your purpose and that's what you're supposed to be doing yeah i don't think god would ever give us anything um that's for his glory that drains us and i feel like it's not a God. like he's gonna push you but he's also gonna give you the word says his grace is sufficient so if it's sufficient it wouldn't be it, it may be painful, but it wouldn't be draining. I feel like draining and pain are, are two totally different things.
0: So what does trust in the process mean to you? You know, looking back at your story in terms of, you know, finding out Amber and what she likes and, you know, mm-hmm. going through school, ending up, you know, in a career that where you feel that you're pursuing your purpose. What does trust mm-hmm. in the process mean to you?
1: <clears throat> so trust in the process for me... Um, definitely goes back to being thankful for my humble beginning. Just because, like I said, what I thought was something that I wanted to get away from, that I was like, oh, I just want to hang out with my friends and do this, that, and the other. I'm trying to keep up with them. Um, I had to realize that, you know, those seeds were being planted. And if wherever God wants you, he's always going to place you. And there's purpose in everything that you do and everything he has for you to do. Cause just imagine had I gotten what I really wanted, which was to be with my friends and I didn't get those nuggets poured into me. You know, just wondering what would I be doing now and, and how my story would have been different. And also I'm thankful for my upbringing just because I had to know, it took of course to my adulthood to realize that that process was necessary just because with um, my mom's side of the family, being on the lower income and my father's side of the family kinda of being middle to high class, it gave me two different spectrums. So it made be able to connect with my kids on all those different levels. Cause I can relate to the kid that was growing up in the projects, but I could also relate to the kid that was in etiquette classes or doing horseback riding during the summer. You know, just because my mom and my dad having that, that um, contrasting lifestyle to where it was almost like day and night, I it, it makes me more relatable to not just people, but to my surroundings and my environment. So trusting that process of everything working out for my good in the end, because God has used me in multiple ways in order to connect with people. And it, it just helps me connect the dots and say, oh, dang God, that's why that happened. Or that's why I was there. Or that's why I needed to experience this so I can connect to this kid on this day and be able to say, I get it or being able to go back to the fact, oh, this is why my mom was showing me this particular glass um, or this piece of fabric or this kind of thread count to where now when, I'm, when I am styling a home, it's easy for me to just know what complements each other, know what's inviting, knowing quality and different things like that. So I feel like knowing that the process is needed and necessary, trusting, the trust has to start with God. And when you trust him, you'll trust his plan because every process is a plan.
0: Put in motion. My next question is, you know, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh,
1: wow. I would tell my younger Amber that I'm proud of her. Um, And to thine own self be true. Um, I feel like I was looking for acceptance and I was looking for somebody to say, you know, I'm proud of you, I'm happy for you, I'm, I'm rooting for you, those kind of things. I was looking for that in my family. And don't get me wrong, my family was doing it. But again, because my family, um, like I said, was so contrasting as far as lifestyles, it was just different. It was, you know, am I supposed to be like this or am I supposed to be like that? So it, it just kind of left me very confused. But I would tell the younger Amber that I'm really proud of her. I'm I'm proud of her grit. I'm proud of her pressing through the times or sometimes I just cried myself to sleep. I'm proud of the the hard worker in her. And um, to really be true to yourself. I feel like you can't have a relationship with anybody else outside of God until you can first have a relationship, an honest relationship with yourself. What really makes you happy? What really brings you joy? And again, really examining that question to get to your purpose of, if I didn't pay you, would you still go do it? So, um to thine own self be true and that I'm proud of her. Personally, I feel that your story is relatable, this could be another confirmation for you. I hear a lot of myself, you know, things that I'm experiencing now um, transitioning into complete adult life and being responsible for finding my career or at least figuring out exactly what I want to do and mm-hmm. um, I've learned a few things from the conversation in terms of how I should handle myself as I go through the process of, you know, being patient and continue to be loving and knowing that God is like he said, He's only gonna place you where he wants you. Right. So know that when I say that I receive it, I mean that. So well that, that's a blessing right there. That's that that just did away with all my fear and nervousness. Cause I was telling the Monte how nervous I was starting it so knowing that it touched one person is enough for me so i i received that from you because that was just confirmation and a blessing for me so I'm, I'm thankful that you could hear him through me and that my story can be a light for you
0: on your path so
1: thank you for that thank you thank you mm-hmm.
0: yeah so uh would you have any uh lasting words you want to leave with the listeners
1: yeah, so I would um just say first and foremost, you know, thank you guys for having me. My 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 lasting words, don't stop running. Like literally don't stop running. Don't try to pass the baton, don't try to, you know, get off get off the course. Just keep running, you know, even if you have to slow down sometimes, keep the pace because it, it all works out in the end. And um If you keep going and really what sets your soul on fire, it'll happen for you. Just trust God and keep going.
0: Where can the listeners find you, you know, for motivation, inspiration?
1: You can follow me on Instagram at um, amber underscore gray three two. You can also check out my purpose pillows. I make custom affirmation pillows and um, my website is grayareasdesigns.com. So um, I'll send that over so you guys can put in the show notes as well. And um, you can find me on Facebook, Amber Nicole. So either three of those platforms or all three, you can definitely find me there and connect with me, you know, reach out and let me know, you know, you heard the podcast and let me know something that inspired you. And you can link up if you're local. And uh, i love to meet you guys.
0: This concludes episode 33 of The Process. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and to like us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Thank you. And they're chanting, trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the
1: process. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be. I want to be remembered like that was my thing you know oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave not only on the industry but the effect that I want to leave on people being a whole human being going through my obstacles going through the things that I'm going through
0: and not to only broadcast these things but for it to inspire change